0: Hey, everybody, it's Heath Mulliken with Swoo Soul Stories, and I'm excited uh, to be partnered with the University Chaplain, Ken Dill, as he has started having some really great conversations via Zoom uh, with people during this, uh, the COVID crisis. And so we're excited to partner with them and bring you uh, the audio of those conversations. You can see the video on the Southern Wesleyan University uh, YouTube channel and on Facebook, Uh, But we wanted to also bring uh, you guys the audio version of that here. So uh, this is Zooming In on Hope with Ken Dill, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Hello, and welcome to Zooming In on Hope. I am Ken Dill. I'm the chaplain at Southern Wesleyan University here in Central South Carolina. And we are bringing you these recordings Uh, stories of hope. People that are using their God-given talents to bring salt and light and help to people in uh, in these difficult times. Thank you for joining us, whether you're watching us by video or whether you're listening to us on podcasts. Today we have a guest with us, Sarah Bradley. Uh, She is joining us from Detroit, Michigan, and so uh, we're very happy to have you with us today. Uh, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hello, my name is Sarah. I am from Michigan originally, from the west side of the state, so Grand Rapids area. I'm a registered nurse. I work in a trauma one center over on that side of the state as a progressive care nurse in the hospital there.
0: Great, and uh, so you're from the west side, but you're in Detroit. What are you, what are you doing there?
1: so i'm I'm in Detroit, working as a nurse in a hospital system over here helping out, as most people know there was um a surge of coronavirus over here, and um they were they had so many patients they didn't have enough staff, nursing staff and such to help out. so when that need arose, I um got open the door and I was able to come over here and volunteer my time as a nurse to help.
0: Wow, so uh you just picked up and moved, yeah. <laughs> And um, I'm assuming you're in a rental place. Yep. Okay. I'm,
1: I'm just here for a short period. That's they kind of, are, hopefully evaluating it as time goes on and seeing how the number of patients are coming in, if it's less or more. So I'm just here for a month. So I just have a short little rental here for the time I'm here.
0: And before we started recording, I saw you had some dogs with you, is that yeah.
1: right? <laughs> my travel companions.
0: <laughs> uh, and that's good comfort to bring part of home with you whenever uh, you go to do this. So tell us about the hospital where you, or, or the hospital system that you're working with.
1: Yeah so I'm in um, a, a hospital system that's five hospitals throughout the Detroit area. Um, they have beds upwards of 800. Um, so a whole hospital has 800 people can house them or can house 200 people. So I go between all the different units and fill in holes where they need it. Um, all the hospitals are 100% COVID positive besides a couple units. So in each hospital, say an 800-bed hospital, maybe there would be 30 beds that are clean that are for people that come in with like maybe chest pain or a car accident. Okay. So it's people that uh, do not have the virus, but all the rest of the patients in the hospitals have the virus.
0: Wow. Uh, so. Uh sort of walk us through. You get to the hospital. Uh, we've heard uh, about uh, PPE and uh, all of that. What's what's that really like for you?
1: So you walk in and there's always a, a check station. So they check you as a staff member um, for any kind of symptoms to make sure that you don't haven't obtained or contracted the virus while you've been working. Um, they give you a mask, a paper mask to wear um, and wash your hands before you go to the unit. And then when you walk upon the unit, the first thing you do is put the PPE, personal protective um, equipment on. So you have a airborne mask, a tighter mask that prevents any airborne viruses or bacteria um, from entering your body. You have another mask over that to keep that clean because you just get that one mask for a couple shifts that you're working. And then you have a hairnet, um, a face, a plastic face guard. So it prevents any kind of splatter from your eyes and your nose. And then you have a a, a gown, a, a suit that you put on to pre- prevent the virus from contacting your body.
0: Wow. Uh, that's, that's a lot. Um, when I go to the grocery store once a week, I've been wearing a mask and um that's, that's sort of been, uh, hard for me to adjust to. Um, I've sort of learned, um, that I, I put an Altoid in my mouth before I put a mask over it because <laughs> of that breath. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm sure that's something that you have to get used to as a nurse as well. Uh, working in all that gear.
1: Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. And I mean, it's, it's constricting, but you know, that's, part of, you know, you're protecting your patients from anything you might have, and you're also protecting yourself from whatever they have.
0: Okay, great. So, so you get uh, suited up and uh, you're then uh, on assignment. Tell me a little bit about, tell us what, what that would be like.
1: Normally you would have, so you'd have anywhere from three to five patients that, um, and all of them have the virus. So you go into these rooms in there, any age. It's you know they're adults. I don't I don't care children, but they're adult patients. They can be anywhere from 30 to 100 um, years old. So any age patient, and they can be in different states of the virus. They can be um, have just as came in from signs and symptoms. So doctors would admit them because the signs and symptoms are so extreme that they can't breathe. So they need to have help breathing. Um, that's usually the case that the patients are admitted or that they have other underlying diseases that make them at a very high risk for, um, not doing so well with the virus. And then sometimes if the patients are sick enough, they're, they've got the different tubes and stuff and they're not able to interact with you, but wow. so they're all, all, all different levels of sickness. Okay.
0: And, uh. No visitors, right? No family members are there.
1: No family members are allowed. Um, no visitors at all. Only hospital staff are allowed in the hospitals. It's to protect them and protect the patients, but they don't want anybody to contract it and then um get it themselves or bring it out into the general public.
0: So when you're with a patient, um the the nurse and then the visit from the doctor may be the only people that they would see.
1: Yeah, and doctors limit their, um, they try not to go into their rooms if possible. So the number of staff that go into the patient rooms is limited to prevent exposure and anybody else contracting it. So a lot of the times it is just the registered nurses and the patient care techs or the CNAs that go into the rooms and then we help the doctors by either doing like a video or um, you know, the doctor will kind of stand at the door and like, ask us to look at certain things or evaluate certain things. But we, yeah, we're the only interaction that a lot of these people, this has been going on for about four weeks in this area. So a lot of these people, we're the only interaction they've had. The nurses and the techs are the only interaction they've had in four weeks.
0: And I'm, I'm, I suppose that's a, um, a little bit of a pull for you because uh, the longer you stay in the room, uh, the more vulnerable you become, right, yes. to to their to the
1: illness. That's, there's always that nagging sensation in the back of your mind that that's kind of, the longer I'm in here, the longer, the more exposure, the bigger the virus load you're exposing yourself to. Wow, oh,
0: man. So uh, tell me just a little bit more about you. Um, I know that your parents are, are on staff, at Kentwood Community Church, Wesleyan Church, and yeah. um, and some of their satellite campuses. Uh, briefly, just tell me just a little bit about, um, about them.
1: Yeah, so my parents, um, my mom actually works for the Wesleyan District, so she works for the Great Lakes District, and my father is a, um, I think they're like called a like compassion pastor, so he mm-hmm. does the, he meets a lot of the congregants and has like like if you have a need or you need someone to talk to, he's the guy that you talk to. So um, they're both been very involved in that church. They both got their degrees later in life. They both obtained their doctorates in their fifties. So, right. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so, and, and you're a member of the church as well, right?
1: Yeah. The County Community Church Wyoming campus is the church that we obtain, they, go they, to. Yeah. Okay.
0: So in your working with, um, uh, these patients, deciding to move across the state to go and help. Um, tell me about your faith. How has your faith played into who you are and, and what you're doing now?
1: If I'm being honest, I would not be doing what I'm doing if I wasn't a believer. Um, I, there is no part of me as a human and my selfishness that would decide to come over to the situation and put my life at risk to help other people um i wouldn't choose that i'm not (laughs) i'm not that sacrificial um of a person but i believe that the holy spirit and i believe that we are called by god to to serve and to use the gifts that he has given us to help people and to be his light and salt and share his love and that hope and that peace and that joy with people so um there's There's no way you can get through this without that presence in your life because it is a constant choosing to believe that our God is good and that no matter what the outcome in any of these situations, that he he loves me and he cares about me. And I I believe that ultimately I'm in his hands and I trust him.
0: Wow, Sarah, that's that's powerful. Thank you for doing that. So when you're with a patient um, how is it that they see that witness from you?
1: I think in these, especially now, it's, it's always easy, especially if you work for like a secular hospital system where the speaking about religion is discouraged. But in this case, it's, I think it's more, everybody's more open to talking about religion and faith. It's not, you have so many opportunities to share just even saying, "I'm here. I, can I pray for you?" Mm-hmm. Something like that for someone that's stuck in a hospital bed for two weeks is so meaningful, you know. Or, or taking that extra time to say, you know, just sharing your faith. Let's just, just say like, "I know this is hard, and I'm, you know, I, it's hard for me too." And I, I believe that like God has me here talking to you for a reason. And I just would like to say that, thank you for allowing me to be your nurse, you know, and listening to people, spending that extra time to listen and care.
0: Well, you're certainly right. Christ has called us to be servants and um, he washed the disciples feet. And um, I truly believe that what you're doing is following right in with that. and even though you're all covered up, I think your eyes can say a lot uh, to the people, even maybe if they can't hear you or you can't speak to them, uh, that they can see Christ and, and his presence in, in your eyes.
1: Just a gentle touch even, you know? Think about how long, I'm, if you live alone, you haven't hugged anybody for four weeks, you know? <laughs> like, so it's just even holding somebody's hand right now means more than it ever has in any other point. And I've been a nurse for 11 years, so in any other point in my career, this probably is just holding someone's hand or touching their arm means so much to them.
0: we talk talking about the ministry of presence of sometimes just being with people. And um, oftentimes uh, we think actions are so much uh, better than words and stuff like that, but it's powerful just being present with people um, like, like you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for um, your own journey with Christ and the way that it's being played out um, in the lives of these people. Uh, we're ending up here. Tell people that are listening or watching what's some words of hope that you could give to them from a person that's on the front line
1: i God our God is good hmm. our God is present, our God does not. Leave us in times of distress or times of sickness. He is there. He's waiting. He's, he wants to engage you. He wants to be part of your daily struggle. If we would just choose to do that with Him, if we would enter in using scripture um, or singing songs of praise, if we would just allow Him to do that, there is hope. These people, they, these patients, my patients, they can see that they know that they're going to get better that there is there is hope that there is there's a future and our god is proof of that even if things don't whatever happen the way that we think they should yeah. that um god is working in this time in the hospitals in their patients lives there he's he's using christians that are willing to put themselves out there to be the light and to share that love and to share that hope with them
0: thank you powerful words thank you so much thank you for taking the time to speak with me and uh, for people to hear this and for what you're doing. I'd, I'd like to end uh, by praying for you. Okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Father, I thank you for Sarah. I thank you for her work and for her life. I thank you for what she is doing. And I pray you would just multiply it. And Lord, for all those who are first responders, for all those who are working in the health field, for all those who are sick, for all those who are separated from their families, may your presence be powerful in their hearts and in their lives and may you bring us, Lord, uh, closer to each other and closer to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it so much. And uh, for others, next week, we will be uh, visiting with Jeremiah Crosby. He is SWU graduate who actually had the coronavirus and has now been hospitalized and is out. And so we're gonna talk to him and, uh, and hear his experience. So God bless you, keep doing what you're doing, wherever you are, and keep zooming in on hope. Goodbye, God bless y'all.